0: End Time Ministries has a God-given vision for Israel throughout the End Time. That is why, along with many other projects, we have a physical college in Jerusalem and take two tours to Israel every year. We will discuss our Israel endeavors, and for those of you considering the journey, answer questions about our Israel tours on this edition of End of the Age. Well, welcome everybody to The End Time Show. Let me correct myself, I'm still getting used to that. The end, it started out politics and religion years ago when we went on the radio back in 98. And now, we, and then we went to, when we hit television, we went to the end of the age and now it's called The End Time Show. And you know, Irvin Baxter chose End Time Ministries as the name for our ministry all the way from the beginning. And we had End Time Ministries, we had The End Time Magazine, And now we have the End Time Show. And our brand is the same all the way across everything. And so Urban Baxter's had his hands in all of this, and we're very thankful for that. And we're never going to move away from his influence on the ministry. So thank you for joining us today on the End Time Show. Now, I have a wonderful guest with me today, a very special guest, the most special guest I could possibly have. And it is my wife, Jana Robbins, and uh, Jana, you've been here since the very beginning, and there's no way I could talk about our Israel efforts without having you on the show with me today because you're so involved in this. You're the tour coordinator. You, you, You run the tours. You ran the tours even when your dad was here. You were running the tours for years to Israel and Um, So thank you for joining me today. We're gonna get deep into this, answer a bunch of questions. We're gonna take calls today. Uh, The number to reach us, 1-877-363-8463. And you can ask myself or my wife Jana questions about um, our endeavors in Israel and the Israeli tours if you're considering going on a a tour to Israel with us. I know, Jan, that um, a lot of of, uh, articles that I've been reading, of course, I'm in the Israel News every day, But tourism is really ramping up after the pandemic. People are sick of being at home, and they want to go to Israel. Many people make the quest every year, but um, we want to make sure that uh, everybody knows, you know, get their questions answered. Hey, you know, uh, uh, why should should I be fearful? Is it safe over there? A lot of different things. So we're going to be taking your calls again, 1-877-363-8463. But I do want to say thank you for joining me today because you probably know as much about our endeavors in Israel as anybody at the ministry.
1: Yes, well thank you for having me and it's a pleasure. And yes, I do know. I do know how Israel was so close to my dad's heart and it's close to this ministry's heart. So, um I'm excited about today's show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um I want to get straight off into it because Uh, A lot of people see us on uh, Doug, Vince, myself on radio and television and we talk about current events and things like that but we have, there's a whole other arm to End Time Ministries and that is Israel. Yes. More prophecy is focused on the nation of Israel than any other nation on the planet. That's where it's all going to culminate. The Lord is going to come back, plant his feet on the Mount of Olives and that's where the battle of Armageddon is going to be fought. That's when he's going to establish his kingdom here for a thousand years so we are um, heavily involved in Israel, the great revival that will take place, all of the different things, the, the um, efforts in Judea, the modern-day West Bank in the end time, what's going to happen there, getting people to flee from there. We're going to be warning them because really, if you understand the prophecies and what people teach, there's nobody else, to my knowledge, there's nobody else on the planet even talking about warning the Jews to leave the west bank in the end time most people teach we're going to be gone when that happens and right. just leave it to their own uh devices israel you're on your own but that's simply not the case the bible says in the end time they that do know to god shall be strong into exploits and they that understand among the people will instruct many and we believe through starting with your dad that he's called us to do this uh, and so i um, thankful that god has laid that vision on our hearts and so that's why we're still heavily invested in israel um So just to start off the program today, and again I'll be taking your calls, myself and Jan Will, and uh, against anything in Israel, our Israel endeavors, or um, mainly the Israeli tour. If you're considering going uh, along with us, a lot of you have questions, today would be a good day to ask those questions. Again, the number to reach us is 1-877-363-8463. Now just briefly, why are we so heavily involved in Israel? Well, number one, you and I were both pretty much raised in church. You, from the time you were born. And Israel, if you understand anything about the Bible, you're going to love Israel. Right. God, God told Abraham, I will bless them that bless you, and I'll bless them that curse you. And all of our childhood heroes were biblical characters. King David, and he he fought... Uh, and defeated Goliath, and, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all of them, uh, and of course Jesus Christ. It's right. all told about in the Bible, and it all focuses on Israel. And so we love the nation of Israel. You and I have come to love the people right. of Israel. We have many Jewish friends. I mean, wow! I mean, many, many Jewish friends, and we love the Jewish people. We love Israel, and so. But we're. Why are we so intricately involved in Israel in the last times? Well, I remember, just to start off, and then I'll let you have the floor. Um, back when Irvin Baxter was given a God-given vision, he was, I remember when he tells about the story about when he was on a flight over to Israel, and he knew about the story that Jesus told, the, the, the um, Olivet Discourse. Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation occur, standing in the holy place, Let them which be in Judea flee, when the Antichrist in the future stands in a rebuilt Jewish temple and proclaims to be God. Let them which be in Judea, the modern-day West Bank, which is just on the other side of the Mount of Olives, let them which be in Judea flee, for then will be great tribulation, such as never been before or ever will be again. That's Matthew 24, verses 15 down through about 21. So Irvin Baxter is praying and he's talking to God on his way to Israel and and uh, he said, Lord, who's going to warn those people to flee? Because that's a New Testament prophecy. The Jews don't even follow the New Testament. And God said, well, you have a magazine. You've got a, a, a huge platform that I've given you. You're going to warn them. And I remember your dad said, I, I told, started talking back to God and saying, well, I don't, I don't know Hebrew. I don't know, you know how to facilitate things like that in Israel. And the Lord said right back to him, you've got a magazine. In other words, I don't want to hear your excuses. You've got a magazine. You've got a giant platform. You're going to warn them. Well, now, Jan, uh, as a result of that, you and I both know that, and I have a copy of the article here, that in September-October of 1998, as a result of that, Irvin Baxter sent a magazine, and I've got the actual article here that we sent to the Jews in the West Bank warning them in 98, and boy, that caused quite a stir, didn't it?
1: Yes, it did. Yeah, He got a lot of feedback. People actually up and moved their whole family into Jerusalem.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and we'll we'll be getting a lot more into these stories on the other side of the break, but um, we'll be taking your calls after the break, 1-877-363-8463. Wanna make sure you understand what we're doing in Israel in the end time and why we're so heavily invested there when a lot of people think we're gonna be gone And so, uh, it's very important that you understand what's going on with end time in the end time. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-ENDTIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more
3: information.
0: Welcome back everybody. And thank you for joining myself and my wife, Jana, today on the program. I brought, I wanted to have her on here with me today to really answer a lot of questions about End Time Ministries' role in the end time with Israel. You know what we do on the radio and television and in the magazine, our prophecy conferences, Bible studies, global correspondence. But I wanted to make sure you know that, well, number one, many of you understand that we teach prophecy differently than most prophecy teachers out there. I think you've kind of got that by now. And a lot of people teach that we will be gone prior to the final seven years leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. Well, we believe in a post-tribulation rapture, so we believe we're going to be here all the way through the final seven years. The final three and a half years of that being the great tribulation. And we're going to be here to warn Israel and to help facilitate a great end-time revival with not only the Jews, but with everybody. The Bible says, John saw a multitude in heaven that no man could number out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. And the elder told John, these are those that come out of great tribulation. So there's there's a great end-time revival prophesied for the very near future. And a lot of our efforts are geared towards preparing people for that, but also to helping the people in Israel because somebody's got to warn them and that's going to be one of the things that we believe God has called us to do in the end time. He first called your dad to do it right? and then we joined him in this mission and God has put the vision on our hearts and we carry that vision with us every single day. We talk about it all the time. One of the things, Jan, and I know you know the story, but just for everybody out there and then I'll give you the floor and let you tell what happened with the college. But um, very quickly, I remember back in 2011, I was sitting at a table with your dad and a guy named Bob McFarlane. He was a missionary to Israel and he was getting ready to retire. He had come to visit your dad down here in in, uh, Dallas and we're sitting around the table talking and Bob's talking about retiring as a missionary. And he said, you know, Irvin, the only thing I wish I would have done while I was a missionary is my dad was a missionary to his, Bob McFarlane's dad was a missionary to Jordan, the country of Jordan, back prior to 1967 and when they had the Six Days War. And so when Israel drove the uh, Arabs back to the, the current borders of Israel, he was given a, they grandfathered, him, grandfathered in some different things that he was given, and he was given an amutah by the king of Jordan as a non-profit organization and they grandfathered that into Israel when uh, after the 67 war. So his dad still had that. Well that went to Bob McFarland, the, the missionary to Israel and Bob McFarland told your dad and me sitting there at the table that day he said you know the only thing I regret is I didn't do anything with that Amotah because it's a non-profit organization that I could have had in Israel and he said you can do many things with it. He said even I could have started a school and your dad said, whoa, whoa, whoa hold up. What would you just say? And Bob McFarland said, I could have used this amotah to legally start a, some kind of a school or a teaching point in Israel, and I didn't do that because I was, wor- I was concerned with my missionary duties. Well, here's your dad sitting there thinking, I've got this vision to warn Israel in the end time, and now I've got a missionary friend of his that he was raised with as a child that is getting ready to retire, but he's got this amotah sitting there. And so that led to, of course, your dad's ears perked up, and they started talking about different things we could do in Israel because your dad still had this vision and this burden. Well, then he starts talking to your dad or to um, Bob McFarland about all these things. And, that, and, and so as a result of that, in 2011, what did your dad, I want you to tell everybody, what did your dad start to do as a result of that, his conversation with uh, Bob McFarland?
1: Well, he had felt like the Lord had dealt with him about uh, starting a prophecy college, Mm -hmm. and he had felt it for a while. So when he found out that information from Bob McFarland, he he started raising money to try to buy a building. Mm -hmm. And so for two years, he attempted to raise money. I think it was like somewhere in the in the vicinity of $236,000 or so mm-hmm. that he raised from 2011 till 2013. And um, so God really started pressing him. You need to get this college. You need to do this college. And he, when we went to Israel May of 2013, he stayed over, him and my mom, and um, he went with Bob McFarland to look at some properties. Well, he found out really quickly that Properties in Israel are priced like New York City, and so um, we couldn't even afford to buy a building. However, you know, for 4,000 to forty-five hundred square feet, you could get a built. You could get that for a, a million dollars, basically, pretty close to a million dollars, and. Um, So he told the people, they said, well, you can put a third down and then in 60 days you can pay the other third and in another 60 days you can pay the final third. And he goes, well, I don't have the first third. (laughs) So let me go back home and pray about it and I'll get back to you. Well, God just kept pressing him, pressing him, pressing him. So that was May. In the first part of August, he said he really felt like God impressed upon him. you got to start, you got to get this college done well. Uh, we always have devotions every morning here at the ministry from eight to nine, and he was praying that day. And he always had his computer in front of him, and he said, "Lord, you're pressing me to do this college, but I don't know how to I don't know how to raise the money. You're going to have to help me." Mm-hmm. And so I remember that day. And he said, um, when we got done praying, and he always would talk afterwards, and he said, "The Lord told me what we're going to do to raise the money for this college." He said. We're going to create a lesson called Another Jewish Holocaust Just Ahead. And we're going to warn the Jews that live in Judea that when you see these signs, you should flee, come into Israel proper. And um, we're going to ask partners to partner with the ministry for $500 Mm -hmm. and um, to help us get this college off the ground. Well, he created the lesson The people did the post-production on it, and then it aired on the the networks the um, weekend of Labor Day of 2013. Mm -hmm. So that would have been around September 3rd or 5th around that area. When that went on the air, that was September 3rd or 5th. By September 19th, we had already raised $1.5 million, which was enough money to get the 4,500 square feet. It was enough money to do all of the refurbishing that Mm -hmm. needed, and It was like unbelievable. I actually even brought my notepad with me today that has the figures. Every day he would want, he didn't want to do a computer thing. He wanted a manual thing. And every day I would write down the date and the amount of money that came in and take it back to his office and give him a report. He wanted to hear about it every day. And for two solid weeks, it was like God just brought dump trucks to our door and lifted him up and dumped the cash. And it was an amazing modern day book of Acts miracle, in my opinion, and I saw it happen, you saw it happen, we all yeah. saw it happen here at the ministry. But it was like God had his divine hand on this college, yeah. starting the brick and mortar. Then when people started hearing about that, they wanted to be a part of they called and said, well, we don't live in Jerusalem. How can we be a part of the college? So for another year or two journey, we were able to um, create the online college. Mm -hmm. And now today, latest report was we have 5,338 active students on the Jerusalem Prophecy College.
0: Yeah, So so I want everybody to know out there that you're looking at a modern day miracle A lot of people have told me, wow, does God even perform miracles anymore? And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, what what, what world are you living in? I know we have Joe Biden as president and it's, you know, looks like the United States is flying apart at the seams, but God performs miracles. If you will seek God's face and ask him to help you and lead and guide you by his spirit, God will perform miracles in your life. Really, Jan, every time somebody takes a breath or the next heartbeat, that comes from God. There's miracles happening every second. But a lot of people don't recognize it because they put God out of their uh, just their thought system, out of their mind, and they're worried about bills and this and, that and the other, which we all are. But if you will just put your whole hope and faith and trust in Jesus Christ, He can lead and guide you. And this is what He was doing through Irvin Baxter all during this time. And what what He did to us was He allowed us to see these miracles because it built built our faith that when the time would come when he would take Irvin Baxter to be with him someday, we had to have our faith built up to where we would be able to step into those shoes and keep walking because the vision that God gave Irvin Baxter for Israel in the end time, that did not die with Irvin Baxter. Right. God knew when he gave Irvin Baxter the vision that he was going to take him home uh, a couple years ago. And so guess what now? That vision rests upon you and me and our end time team here to help facilitate that. Now, thank God. It's a modern day miracle. And thank you so many partners that gave to that because we didn't really go out and buy big houses and Ferraris with that money, did we? No. We actually purchased the college in Jerusalem. um, And wow, we are going to have a huge part in the end time in Israel. Now, this is very key though, because we teach a post-tribulation rapture. We know we're going to be here. That's why we talk about a post-tribulation rapture all the time and we want to make people understand the timing of this. It's not because we want to just prove somebody else wrong. Oh, you believe in a pre-trib, and we believe in a post-trib. That's not it at all. It's really that we want to make people understand we're going to be here. Let us help you prepare for these times and get on board with what we're going to do in the world and in Israel because if you think we're going to be gone, you wouldn't even be concerned about what's happening in the West Bank in the future or in Israel. Because, hey, we're going to be gone, we'll leave it to the Jews, and they can fend for themselves. Right. So that's why we want to make sure people understand. That's why we teach the timelines and different things all the time. Uh, because we want to make sure people get it right and what we're going to do in the end time. We're, we're not gearing up to be raptured we're gearing up for the greatest time arrival this world's ever seen. That's exactly right. And so uh, modern-day miracles. Now, this is one. We've saw so many with End Time Ministries uh, over the years, and we're still seeing them post-Irvin Baxter. And I thank God God for that, don't you? Yes. Absolutely. So uh, now you said we had about 5,338 students in the online college now. Yes. So if you would like to... Uh, enroll on our uh, uh, Jerusalem Prophecy College and it, w- it can take you from really spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity in a very short period of time. We'll, we'll walk you through the main prophecies of the Bible. We'll walk you through um, understanding the Bible, keys to spiritual growth, life and teachings of Jesus Christ, and Satan defeated, sonship restored, and many other things. So. Jerusalem Prophecy College, it's, it's very inexpensive. Just go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com and everything you need to enroll in that is right there on the website. And you can enroll and start going semester by semester. You can do one semester a year if you wanted to. And it's, it, I'm telling you, it will enrich you so much. It will help your spiritual maturity. It will help you grow spiritually, which is the most important thing uh, in the end time. It will help to disciple you um, and there are people all, literally all over the world, doing this. So today, as a result of all of this, we have the college in downtown Jerusalem fully functioning. Every Thursday morning, I teach the college from here. Now, what happened is, your dad um, many years ago. Do you know when he did his first prophecy conference there? Remember? What so year? the yeah, it was the it was May of 2014. Okay, so 2014. He did his first prophecy conference. We had two to 250 people show up. Our guides told us, nobody Jews don't like prophecy. They don't follow this stuff. You guys will not to have anybody show up. We had about two to, um, what was it, close to 250 people mm-hmm. show up. Yep. Our guides sat there with just their mouth, uh, uh, their jaw on the floor because they thought, I can't believe this. Well, many of the students that I teach in the college today are from that original prophecy conference. Now, we've got, I've got a lot of new students but I still have some there from the original college that we've taught prophecy and salvation and all kinds of things this whole time, so it's awesome. Um, I still do that every Thursday morning. I'll be teaching it tomorrow morning. We have students enrolled in the college, and so um, it, it, it is moving forward, and it has it's just awesome to see. We've got a full-time employee in Jerusalem that facilitates the college. Uh, we work with our missionary there in Israel, and there are seven huge Christian churches that we work with. The missionaries helps to do different things with them. They just had the uh, the um, national conference there and our college was full of people there praising God, worshiping his name and some great preaching went forth. That all happened in our college. So it's moving straight forward, looking forward to the time when we will facilitate the great revival in the end time. So. Um, but just really quick, before we come to the break here, I want people to understand, and then we'll get off into the Israel tour. Probably the last 30 minutes of this will be devoted to the tour. Again, we're taking calls today, one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three 363 8463 to make people understand uh, what we're doing in Israel. You can ask questions about our Israel endeavors, about the tour, if you're considering going. I know a lot of people, tourism is really ramping up. Yes. And so uh, you've had you've had a, a a fun time trying to get some things for the fall, some different arrangements made because everybody's wanting to go back to Israel. And so, um, but you know, over the last couple minutes here before the break, there is a final seven years coming, the peace agreement in the Middle East between the Israelis and the Palestinians that has the five biblical characteristics to it that starts the final seven years. And because of what we're doing in Israel, because we understand the prophecies, three years into that final seven-year period, we're going to do a door-knocking campaign. Once the peace agreement signed, we're going to send them in time magazine to every home in Israel, warning them what's coming. Three years in, we're going to do a door-knocking campaign out in the West Bank, warning the Jews that they need to flee because of what Jesus said in Matthew 24. And then... As a result of all of that, there's going to be, the Bible prophesies a great end-time revival. I will save the tents of Judah first. That's back in the book of Zechariah. Uh, The great end-time revivals in Romans 11, 25, and 26. I will save all of Israel will be saved in the end time. And then Revelation chapter 7, when a great multitude, no man could number, and the 144,000, a remnant of Jews. So there's a great end-time revival in the future.
2: Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love
0: you. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the Watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the Archive button. Welcome back everybody to the End Time Show. And I've got my lovely wife joining me today, Jana Robbins. Many of you know her. She's over our partner relations and she is our tour coordinator, has been many times. I think she's been to Israel 27 times. I've only been about 15 times. She traveled with her dad many times, but been to Israel many, many times. And we wanted to cover our Israel efforts in the last days and Part of that is we take two tours to Israel every year. Um, and Jan, I know that one of the main reasons we do that is, number one, we need to check on our college because mm-hmm. we've got many students there. But another reason is because we have so many, God has blessed us with so many very influential contacts in Israel. Samuel of Oregon, and Annie with the Jewish Agency, and many contacts that we want to keep those relationships very solid because those people will help us in our endeavors in the West Bank and, in, and with all of uh, Israel. Dvorah Ganani, who just contacted you the other day, her previous boss is Isaac Herzog, who's the president of Israel. So we have some very influential uh, Jewish families that are great friends of ours that are gonna help us in our endeavors in Israel in the end time. And that's why it's very important that we take a tour twice a year there to keep those relationships uh, very solidified and to uh, make sure they understand what we're doing. And ma- Many of them, your dad told them. And they've gotten with us and said, look, we're with you guys, we're gonna help you. Samuel Smadja says, when you go do the door knocking campaign, you can use all my buses. Of course, we work with the largest touring company in Israel. And so um, so let's talk about the Israel tour for a second, because I know a lot of people have had questions on this. Uh, especially coming out of COVID, what are you guys doing? Because there for a couple years, we didn't take tours to Israel.
1: Three. Three years. For
0: three years. But mm-hmm. prior to that, we were doing it twice a year. We just went on our uh, recent one back in September, and it was hugely successful. I, it was one of the, not because we went to, led the tour, but it was very successful. One of the smoothest tours, uh, tourism was down, which that probably helped, but it went very smooth. I know that that is a credit to you because you're running the whole thing. I'm just talking at all the places and doing the teaching, but you've done it for years with your dad. And um, just right off the bat, what are the dates for the upcoming tour?
1: Uh, May 17th, returning back to the states to May the 28th okay. of 23.
0: So if people want to go, they still have time to sign up. And and we
1: have about half of it full at the at this point. How many are we going to take? A maximum 100.
0: Okay. So you've got about 50 already Close signed up to, to 50. go. 50, yeah. Yow. So if, if you want to get signed up, uh, now would certainly be a time to do that because that thing will fill up quick. A lot of people, we have found that they want to ter- put in for their vacation at the first part of the year and so that's why they want to know the dates of the tour so they can go ahead and put in for their vacation and uh, plan on that, make arrangements for their kids or whatever, or whatever they have to do. So um, now would be a good time to to go ahead and get that signed up and they can who do they contact if they want to sign up
1: um so you can call the office uh 1-800 end time 363-8463 and um ask or it'll i it'll prompt you for tours i think it's three or you can um ask for Brittany moats at 134 um or you can go um send an email to tours at endtime.com and we'll get a notification saying you want more information about the tour we can email you information or mail you a physical pack Mm -hmm. Um, we can talk to you about it there's a spot on our website if you go under i can't remember what that thing is but you go under it and events i think it is and tours are there if you click on tours it'll take you through and tell you about it Um, but but we can give you the information. We can talk
0: to you on the phone as well. So, okay. so Brittany Moats is yes. who they should call, uh, and I know she helped you on the last tour, and she was a fabulous assistant. Yep. So great, great, uh, great, great help there. Um, now let's talk about the tour because okay. this is—I know this is the uh, one of the highlights of everything we do here at End Time—is our tours to Israel. We've had so many people go over the years, and for me, the Israel tour is. Yes, it is seeing the sights. I get it. I mean, you know, uh, not to break, we're going to bring up some graphics here in a moment, not right now, but um, to to see the Temple Mount and the the Mount of Olives and the the, the Jordan River and the the Sea of Galilee and all that, the sights are awesome. I mean, like nothing you've ever seen. If you understand anything about the Bible, it is would certainly be on your bucket list to go to Israel at least once. We've had people go with us over and over and over and over, but at least once you've got to go because it's so awesome the sights but for me the i have friends me and you first went in 99 with your dad yeah and i remember flying into syria and wow what that was a crazy experience then going into jordan then over into israel but the thing when i see i've still got friends from that original trip and i've friend, had friends from all along the way they'll come here to end time or we'll see them in a prophecy conference or something and the things we talk about is not that, boy, that Temple Mount sure was pretty. That, we don't talk about the sights. We talk about the spiritual experiences that happened on the tour, the, the, um, at the tomb, where we explain what really happened when Jesus Christ came, when God came, robed Himself in flesh, and died, was buried, and rose again. What really happened there? Satan defeated, sonship restored, Uh, taking us out from under the law of sin and death and providing us with a plan of salvation called being born again, by which we can go to spend eternity with Him. And we explain all that in great detail. And there's people, their eyes, people that have never heard possibly the plan of salvation, if they've heard it there for the first time, it's really an eye-opening experience. Then the upper room and many different spiritual experiences, we pray every morning on the bus, we're together. It's like a big family by the time we get done. Yes. And then also, uh, finally, we start our tours in Jerusalem and end up in, up in Tiberias by the Sea of Galilee because we want the baptisms to be one of the last couple days there. Mm-hmm. We don't want to start in, most tours tar, start out up at the Sea of Galilee and end up in Jerusalem where it's hustle and bustle. We like to do the opposite because the baptisms, the spiritual experience that happens there Jan, I know you know this, but I, we've I baptized, I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of people in there, but we've had people come on the tour that had their first spiritual experience in the baptismal. Yep. The first move of the Holy Ghost on them and the, the, um, them feeling like they really felt God and uh, in the, feeling the presence of God in the baptismal. And the things they'll talk about the rest of their life is not the Masada. Or the Dead Sea or the Temple Mount, the things they will talk about are those spiritual experiences that they experienced because for many of them it's it will change their life forever. And so um, I know that you feel the same way about the spiritual experiences. We've been there many times and it's an awesome time, isn't it?
1: Yes, and I have people ask me, you've been to Israel 27 times, doesn't that get old? And I'm like, no, it never gets old, not only for the spiritual experiences but everybody that goes with us, being able to see the, the land through their eyes mm-hmm. and be able to experience through their enthusiasm or their wonder is amazing. And, mm-hmm. and being able to facilitate something like that is, blesses me, it's like, I love doing that. It's, it's my, one of my favorite things I do here at the ministry. Yeah. But um, it's, uh, it's life changing. And if you ever have a chance to go, we've tried to customize a trip to where we got rid of fluff, we got rid of anything that you wouldn't really need to see. But if you only get a chance one time in your life to go to Israel, um, we try to get it all to you in one trip.
0: Yeah. So. yeah, well, your dad went over 40 times. Yeah. And he really, you know, hey, Jesus stubbed his toe here, so let's go look at this. We've had people like that, guides, but your dad really cut all of that out over the years and said, no, here's what's the most significant things you have to see if you're going to come to Israel one time, and that's what our trip's made up of. Now, we do start out early in the morning, and we get back late in the evening, we'll feed people, and then we put them to bed. And our guides have said for years, if you want to go on vacation, you can do that when you get home. Right. Because (laughs) if you're going to come to Israel one time in your life, you need to see all the most significant places, experience the spiritual experiences, and then you need to go out on the Sea of Galilee in the Jesus boat with us and worship the Lord and, and where Jesus... Perform most of his miracles. I mean, it's just such an awesome experience, but um, let me ask you a question because I know we're talking about, we're talking to people because we've had them contact us, people that are considering going on the tour. What is probably the number one question that you get from people who are considering? They'll call in here and, Jan, I just got to ask you this question. Uh, What would be the one question that they would ask?
1: They will ask, is it really safe to go to Israel?" And we say don't let what the media says ma- convince you or make your decision for you because everyone that goes over there says, man, we cannot believe the peace you feel over here. The areas that are dangerous we stay away from. The, the uh, company that we partner with over there, they know the ins and outs of the land. They know the places not to go and to go. They're very equipped and plus you can look at it like this. Um, Israel will have 30 murders in a year, and Chicago has 30 murders in a weekend. So it's not like, yes, we always have all these other countries that are looming over Israel, but they're never going to go away because they're going to be there till the very end when Jesus Christ comes back and saves them from the world community. So it's like they're not going to be wiped off the face of the map, so you might as well go and enjoy yourself. (laughs) I mean, that's the way I feel. (laughs) And if you're going to die, if it's your time to go, it doesn't matter where you're at. I mean... That's the way I try to tell people because it helps them put it in perspective.
0: Yeah. Um, If you're gonna go, it doesn't matter where you're at. Yeah, (laughs) that's that'll sell it, (laughs) Jan. But no, the thing is, is that um, it is very, very, very safe. Yeah. Uh, I know there are places here in South Dallas I wouldn't go. True. And there are places, certainly in South side of Chicago, and there's different places in the United States you wouldn't go. But mo- the majority of it, you feel safe. Well, that's the same way in Israel. There are places in Israel you probably wouldn't want to go visit down in the Gaza Strip. Let's right. just face it. But we don't take people down there. We stay in the safe zones. The, our guides are both ex-Navy SEALs. They know where to go. They know what to do. They got their ears to the ground. And we, it's, it's very, very safe. So I wouldn't let that hinder somebody from coming to Israel with us. We've never, ever, ever had an issue. Never. Right. And so your dad went 40-plus times and so very very important. Now I want to show people that are for, for those of you that are watching us online I want to uh, pull up some graphics here because these are very significant. I, we, we chose like five or six or seven of the main places that we want to take people and the first one probably would be the the Mount of Olives. Yes. And you can see here behind us now this is this picture here this is the Temple Mount but you're standing on the Mount of Olives looking down to uh, the Temple Mount. This picture here would be us standing up here on the Mount of Olives. A lot of people, when I first went to Israel, I thought, man, this is so far, everything's so far apart when you read the Bible. It's miles from the Mount of Olives to the Temple Mount and the Garden of Gethsemane. But if we're standing here, Jan, on the Mount of Olives, the Kidron Valley where the Battle of Armageddon is going to culminate is right there. That's right. And the, the uh, Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed, where uh, Judas betrayed Him, is right down there in the valley. Right. And then there's the Temple Mount. So you can see how close it is. And then, for everybody watching online, the cloud building, the tallest building right there above the Dome of the Rock, that's the cloud building where our college is located. We're in the 12th floor of the cloud building, and so you can see how close it is from the, the Dome of the Rock there and so this is where when we say that the when we talk about our stories where the, the, the Battle of Armageddon that's going to culminate in the Kidron Valley, this big valley here is the Kidron Valley. And so uh, you can see it very, very important. Well, we take people to the Mount of Olives, we walk down through the Kidron Valley, and we certainly would go up on the Temple Mount. So it's something, we'll talk more about some more graphics and different things on the other side of the break, but you can see awesome, awesome. Uh, landscape and sites there. Very historic, very biblical, very prophetic and we hit every one of those on our Israel tours.
3: I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Now, we're talking about our Israel tour, uh, and uh, we're going to take calls. I still have time to do that, 1 363 8463. Or if you want to go on tour with us in Israel, uh, you can call 1 800 363 8463. Ask for Brittany Motes, or you can go online to our website, endtime.com, and all the information is on there as well. Go to the events tab, go down to tours, and all the information is there. And you can get—we'll help you whatever you need, and it's an—it's—it's it's all inclusive. St- we, Jana and myself, are with you from the time we leave America till the time we get back. We don't leave the tours and show up every once in a while to speak. We're on the buses all day, every day, and it is a blast. So if you're ever going to go, uh, come with us. Now we're going through some graphics here that we want to show you. The next one would be um, Golgotha or Calvary, the place of the skull. And this would be the place that they believe Jesus would have been crucified in this vicinity. Um, you can see kind of a skull here in the front. This is right next to the tomb. And I'll, I'll let Jan talk about the garden tomb in a minute. But this is the place they believe in this vicinity somewhere where Jesus would have been crucified, Jan. And, and um, you know, if, if, if you understand the symbolism of this, the prophetic implications the, for every Christian, this is what Jesus Christ came to do. He came to shed His blood a spotless lamb so that way He could atone for the sins of all of humanity and Adam and Eve put us into a sinful state and we went under the law of sin and death but when Jesus Christ died and He was buried, we'll talk about the tomb in a minute, and then He rose again He took us out from under the law of sin and death and He purchased a plan of salvation with us called being born again. Well. This is Calvary. This is Golgotha. Now, just next door to this is the garden tomb. And uh, we'll bring up that graphic. And Okay, so the, <laughs> the, the, the garden tomb is right next to Golgotha and Calvary. And we've had many spiritual experiences there, Jan. And uh, what would the garden tomb mean to you? Um, here, here we go. The, the garden tomb... Now, the, the the biggest thing to me is Jesus Christ isn't there.
1: Right. Well, um, they say, you know, there's a lot of places in Israel that they say, how can you really document that this is the legit place that mm-hmm. this happened? But one of the things that they say because of where this is located and Jesus was laid in the tomb of a wealthy man and this kind of tomb wasn't your normal tomb for a normal citizen, it, it was a very, you had to be have a lot of money yeah. to be able to have something like this. And so where it's located and the way it is, how it's laid out, plus there's, you would have to go there and understand there's a cistern there. Um, there's just different historical things that they tell us about it when we go there. So it's just, it puts, it makes the hair stand up on your arms when you go here and think that this could actually be the place and yeah. if they shut the door it'll say he is risen yeah and um so we and people get to go in there and yeah. experience inside the tomb but it's just a such an awesome place to experience because when you think about what really happened there when Christ was, when Jesus was died and then he was buried and, he, and three days later he rose again. Mm-hmm. It's got such, it's got an eternal meaning to it. It's yeah. not just something we're going to see. And yeah. so a lot of people love this site.
0: Yeah, and when we go there, we have a, you know, this this tomb is probably a couple hundred yards from where they say that Jesus died in that vicinity right yeah. there. And so with all of it tied together, this would be a rich man's tomb. There's, you know, most people would just lay it out and buried somewhere, but not here. This would this had a big you can see the track at the bottom where the stone would have been rolled in. And so uh, then when we're done with this, when everybody goes in and comes out, we take our tour group up and we have a service, and that way we can teach them exactly what happened there uh, and the plan of salvation and everything that Jesus purchased on Calvary. Because again, we're looking forward to the bat- baptisms that are gonna happen up in the north. This is in Jerusalem. Right. And we're looking forward to the baptisms that will happen up north. And so when I talk about the spiritual experiences, it's building all along the way. And then, of course, over the next couple of days, we'll go to the Temple Mount. And the Temple Mount, obviously, that is the most disputed 35 acres on the planet. I don't care how much money you have, you could not buy that today.
1: So true. If
0: Elon Musk wanted to buy that, he doesn't have anything compared to what it was. There's no price you could put on that. Right. And so that is a very, it's very religious and it's very prophetic. And the Eastern gates right down here in the front wall, The there will be a temple someday that stands on this Temple Mount. We go there every year, we'll go up on the Temple Mount, we'll walk up there. Up in the north end, you might see it up there in a very yeah, little cupola. The Dome
1: of the Spirits.
0: That's where the um, Dome of the Spirits is, where they believe that the holiest of holies was in the original tabernacle. That's probably where on the north end of that is where they'll build the, um, the, the temple. The south end of it's the Al-Aqsa Mosque, down towards the city of David. That's the Dome of the Rock. And there's gonna be a, a sharing arrangement, Revelation 11, one and two. Yeah. The Temple Mount's gonna be placed under a sharing arrangement, allowing Israel to build their third temple there. Yehuda Glick, do you remember when I asked him the question about building a third temple? And he said that they to get their third synagogue built, that they would be able to leave the Dome of the Rock in the Mosque mm-hmm. there and build their third temple. And we saw him this last tour, and I went up and talked to him, and he knew that your dad had passed away and a lot of different things. So, um, And he was a member of the Knesset for a while. Yes. And I said, are you still a member of the Knesset? And he said, no, thank God delivered me from that. I mean, it was a joke, but he was like, government, Ugh, that's crazy. Yes. But anyway, the Temple Mount, very, very prophetic. The Western Walls on the other side, and... That piece of property right there and Jerusalem, which you just saw in the background, let me have them, I don't know if they could bring that graphic back up there, but um, of the Temple Mount, they may not be able to. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of a, a condensed version of the graphic. <laughs> but if you see, I'm stand, we're standing up on the Mount of Olives. That's the, city, that's the old city of Jerusalem up behind there. The, and it's, it, You can see the wall there. Now, some of that's not. But the, um, yeah, so you can see. There's a wall that goes around that, some of that's new, newer, the, the big tall buildings, those are all newer. The old city of Jerusalem, you can see back here, I mean it's very, you, it's re- remarkably small. Mm-hmm. But that area right there is what the battle of Armageddon, the final war on the planet is going to be fought over. Yep. And so we certainly, we go to different places up in there, and that's the thing, it's really small. That The upper room, everything's within just like a three square mile area. Yep very small. Well,
1: Israel's a country and it's about the size of Rhode Island, which is a state in the United States. Yeah. So
0: it's very small.
1: Yeah. The yeah. whole thing is very small.
0: Yep. So um, you're looking at the, that's where the Battle of Armageddon is going to culminate. It's kind of an eerie feeling when you go over there to not, yeah. think, man, the final war on earth is going to be fought here. And this is where God is going to pour out his wrath up through the the Jordan Valley and up on the armies that come down against Israel. Yeah. That's where the wrath of God is going to be poured out. It's And it's going to be condensed. It's going to be localized right there in Israel. Right Now, World War III, Revelation 9, that's going to be global. But this here is going to be right there in Israel. The hailstones are not going to fall all over the world. And so uh, to kind of put everybody's mind at ease. But, okay, the next one we want to go to, Sea of Galilee.
1: So the Sea of Galilee is really special because I said that about the the tomb that people talk about... uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe he was here, maybe he wasn't, but you can't really reinvent a sea. The topography of it is like you realize when you're on this, that's called the Jesus boat, and we take a trip out there for about an hour and have a service, and when you're out there riding on the Sea of Galilee and think that, oh, this is the sea that the Lord walked on, and this is the sea that he bid Peter to come, and Peter walked on the sea until he started doubting, and then um, it's where he called... uh, a a lot of his his apostles yep. was from that area yep. and he actually spent most of his time while he was on earth up in this area and this is where he did most of his miracles all around the sea of Galilee this is it's amazing and then again you have the um plain of Megiddo where the the war's going to emanate out of mm-hmm. come come from so there's just a lot of really neat historical things up here that is A lot of people love it, and plus, it's real relaxing. So,
0: that's why we like one of the reasons we like to end up up there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because by the time we get done with Jerusalem, everybody's ready to relax a little bit. Right. That's one of the uh, another reason why we've saved that to the end of the trip. The next one, and the highlight of all the trip for me, is the Jordan River and the baptismal site. Yeah, very important. You can see here where this is where you go to baptize. We baptize right here on the left, there's many places to baptize there. Your dad and I, your dad, many more than me, hundreds more, but I've, I've baptized hundreds and hundreds of people in these sites over the years. And I have, how many times, I mean hundreds of times, Jan, people have had some unbelievable spiritual experiences at these at this baptismal site, uh, people being moved on by the Holy Ghost, getting revelations, God touching them, people being healed, I mean, it has been awesome, and uh, I remember, I can tell you about many times that we don't, aren't going to have time to, on today's program, but um, people being you know, almost slain in the spirit, and I mean a spiritual experience. There's a big difference in walking through this life and saying, well, I know God. But there's a big difference in that because most people will say, well, I know God, or I believe in God. There's a big difference in just believing in God and having a true spiritual experience. And when, at, when we get to Israel, we start in Jerusalem, we want to save the baptisms and these things for last because we want to teach people all along the way. In the evenings we'll have teaching and we'll teach them at the different sites because what Jesus did down in Jerusalem at, on Calvary where He died, He was buried, and He rose again This is the culmination of that. When you can apply what He did to Calvary to your life and be born again, and you can spiritually die, be buried with Him in baptism, spiritually, and then spiritually raise again when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and that's your power at the time of the rapture. The Bible says if the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, your body will be changed from mortal to immortal, and you'll be caught up in the air. So, we've seen people go from never having a spiritual experience to having their first spiritual experience in this. And some people have had their 1,000th right. spiritual experience. People that have been uh, baptized, that were baptized perhaps years ago, and they wanted to be rebaptized. We certainly would do that. And, um, wow, the Jordan River. Man, what a time. And the Plain of Megiddo, which is the, ne- the final one that we wanted to go to, this is where the final war on earth is going to start. Now... The Jordan Valley is down to the south. This is up on the, 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 the Battle of Armageddon. Armageddon comes from two words, Har Megiddo, or the Hill of Megiddo. This picture is taken up on the Hill of Megiddo overlooking the Plain of Megiddo is about seven miles wide, 15 miles long, and it's as flat as this desktop. Mm-hmm. And we'll take people up here, and you. The, it doesn't show it here, but in one place when you're up on the... Um, the uh, I'm trying to think the uh, give me the name of the uh, Elisha, Mount Carmel in, on Mount Carmel where you can see the the airport of Israel has a huge uh, air Force part up here where they've got two runways and when the planes land they'll go there and then they'll go underground mm-hmm. because they they patrol this because this is a throughout history this is a place where people invaded Israel They come in here they go right over the Jordan Valley right down the Jordan Valley right up into Jerusalem Solomon had his stables up here because of that. Well Israel to this day still patrols this heavily. I mean we've been out there before teaching and they got planes flying around here patrolling it. So this is where the Plain of Megiddo or the Battle of Armageddon will originate. Then it'll go down the Jordan Valley up into Jerusalem and um, that's where everything will culminate in the Kidron Valley that we've seen earlier. So very important, we wanted to go through this today. If you have any questions about the Israel tour in the future, call and talk to 1-800-363-8463 and talk to Brittany Motes. Go to endtime.com under the Events tab. Go to down to Tours. Everything is there that you need. Join the Jerusalem Prophecy College and stay on board with us, folks, because we've got a lot to do in Israel in the near future. It's gonna be huge and there's gonna be great revival.